You're listening to Skip Intro with me, Kelvin Yee. In the studios with me is Ian McNally, Aman Rashad, and Julian Yap. We are talking about Ready or Not. At midnight, you have to play a game. It's just something we do when someone new joins the family. Since hide and seek, are we really going to play that? Those are the rules. Good luck. We don't find her and perform the ritual. We're all dead. Found her. So from the trailer, it seems it's about rich people and their weird games. But what is this movie really about? The wicked games they play. Uh, so basically, Ready or Not is set on what should be the happiest night of Bride Grace's life. She doesn't have. A, she doesn't get a second name, um, mm-hmm. which can be sometimes a sign of laziness in movies, but sometimes can actually work in their favor. Okay. We'll get to that later, though. So she's celebrating her, her marriage to Alex, who's son, son of the Ladomas family, who are a family that have gathered a lot of wealth from board games. This movie will be, you know, time, it's, it'll be dated very quickly. And, you know, there's a tradition that she has to undergo to really be welcomed into the family where there's a mysterious box and you have to put a blank playing card inside of it and then a game will be suggested. Yeah. It has in the past been chess. It has been old maid. Grace is unlucky enough to uh, to pull the hide and seek card. And she just thinks she has to go and hide from her family. But it seems they might have slightly more murderous intent. If she can make it till dawn, she'll survive. <laughs> but if she doesn't, we don't quite know what's going on with the family. Is it actually a curse? Is it something that's all in their head? Will anything happen at all? Will she survive? That's what the movie's about. Huh, okay. So back to the point when you said that she didn't have a last name, is it because the point of it was to make her seem as if she's a character within the movie that is replaceable, that is uh, that is meant to be forgotten about? Absolutely not. I think it's actually the kind of hyper-focus you get. I can't remember. The only one I can remember, the bad version of this is Future World, where they didn't even give actual names to people. It was just drug guy and like leather lady. Oh, sure. And it was just like, you're being lazy. In this case, it's like, she's Grace. That's all you need to know because you're going to find out everything you need to know about this woman through the actions in the movie and through her resilience and what what she'll put herself through to get away. And there's also this thing, I mean, regarding the lack of a second name, because one of the themes in this is her wanting to be part of this new family because she's been, she grew up in the foster system. So the lack of a second name to me is sort of represents... Her, like she doesn't belong anywhere and this is her mission to belong in this new family and yeah I mean after that the family basically I don't, it's in the trailer so I don't think it's this isn't spoilers or a twist it gets to the action pretty quick and you don't yeah. get much background either it's literally the wedding a little bit of uh, romantic there's a little bit of exposition between uh, Grace and her husband now about like what's going a little, little bit of forced exposition we'll say but then the, the family just tool up and come after her with harpoon guns um, what else is there's a crossbows a, a giant axe a giant axe <laughs> Ampeline gets a giant axe a shotgun a small gun <laughs> all kinds of things so, and hilarity ensues incredible so I haven't been to watch this like these guys have just you know fair warning but I I wanted to ask because I loved the trailer for this yeah I thought it was it's not something new 
but it's also a spin for the board game thing coming in mm-hmm. a little bit of a wild kind of 2019 jumanji coming in i thought that <laughs> it seemed quite new and it paid me to miss it but it sounds just from that synopsis it sounds like just the trailer kind of i think that was something for me that gave me some pause because there's a lot of great moments in the trailer that would have been even better if you haven't seen the trailer they're even better in the movie hmm. but it's not like they're holding back an awful lot of stuff oh, okay. i don't know whether i was just tired but when i saw like henry zerny who i'll always remember is that jerk kitteridge from the mission impossible movies no matter what else he does he's the father andy mcdowell is the mother you get to see sides of her where she's being kind of welcoming because if everybody picked the card that meant they had to be hunted and killed you know, the family would die out. So, like, there is the chance that you'll just, you know, you'll get to have to play old maid and you're good. So, you know, she's obviously survived it. There's other, they kind of built up these characters in the family. Um, Adam Brody there from the OC, who's like, kind of, he knows what's going on and he's slightly disillusioned with the whole family and everything. Her husband is on her side. Like, there's an element that they have to play the game. They can't just elope or something supposedly will happen. You're not sure whether it's supernatural or not. I wanted to see more of that family dynamic. They kind of bicker a little bit but i we don't i don't didn't get that i wanted more of andy mcdell essentially just like chain smoking and being kind of catty mm. towards her kids because her kids are all awful yeah yeah and but i i do like um the focus of the movie on the girl grace yeah. and even though you said there's not much of the family dynamic because for me what the movie really was about about class and rich people and poor people and how um the poor people want to be accepted into affluence so, for example, Grace is from the foster system. She wants to be part of this new family, but in order to be one of these people, she has to like partake in these ridiculous in this ridiculous game of killing and and whatnot. And um, there was a conversation earlier between what's his name, um, Adam Brody, and his wife in yeah. the movie. How he was like, "Oh, when I told you about this tradition, you didn't flinch at all. You were really excited." Yeah. So there's like different reactions as to how people want to be elevated in, in society. And so that's why I like the focus on on Grace. And regarding the trailer, because you mentioned it earlier, when I went to see this movie, I knew nothing about it at all. Um, oh, okay. I didn't watch the trailer. I didn't check out how many percent it has in Rotten Tomatoes or anything like that. All I had was what uh, Julian told me before the movie, which is the premise. A yeah. uh, girl gets married into this family. She has to play this game of hide and seek. And there's uh, killings involved. And I was like, okay, so the premise sounds like a B-movie premise. It <laughs> does, yeah. And, but once you really... And when I watched it, I was at first skeptical about it. It seemed like a B-movie, yeah. you know, like... Because um, they've got that thing as well where they play Grace off as kind of vapid and not yeah. really... Like, almost like, oh my God, I'm a cheerleader. Yeah, but yeah. as it goes on, like, even the way she holds her face kind of changes because she really gets ticked off. Okay. Like it sprung to mind with me. It's like horror comedies, like The Evil Dead or Drag Drag Me to Hell keeps popping into my head. Thinking about this for some reason, just because it's a really good concept executed well. Just I got burned because I saw the trailers. Uh, Yeah. So if you, I mean, my recommendation is that if you want to, so if you want to, you know, go into the cinemas, maybe skip the trailer and go in (laughs) fresh. Yeah, absolutely do. And even with that, I think my disappointment is just. I want to, when those trailers show you something and then there's even a different, like when we watch Deadpool and there's a different line read in the movie. Yes. It's that surprise as always. It's always be good to be delighted when you're in the cinema. The ending of this movie is delightful. 
I found yeah. it's not I wouldn't say it's a twist ending but it just it stays true to what they've done with the show already mm-hmm. with the way that the kind of family dynamics it's a horror comedy through and through Okay, so um, I want to jump on something you said, Ayman. You, you said that you like the focus on Grace. So yeah. Grace, the main character, she's played by Samara Weaving. Yes. And we're going to see her. She's the niece of Hugo Weaving, yes. right? And we're going to see her as Ted's daughter in Bill and Ted 3. So I'm super excited to just see what she's in mm. so far. But that's, you know, going through a bunch of B-movies, so I don't really want to do that. But, like, how is she in this? Is she, you know, is she worthy to play Ted's daughter, basically? Yeah. I think so. Yeah. I mean, she, there's a moment where she looks in the mirror and it is basically going to be a Hot Toys 7 eighths figure because she has a, like uh, Jordan Peele's Us, at some point someone says, put your shoes on. Yeah, I was thinking, this sounds like Get Out, actually. Kind of. It's basically like the horror comedy version of that, like more okay. leading into the comedy, I think, than the horror. This a is the key yeah. and Peele Get Out instead of the Jordan Peele Get yeah, Out. Yeah, it's like <laughs> Sam Raimi's Get Out made from the 90s for mid-level budget, I think. I think I'd like that. Like again, like, yeah. as I said, she you, she gets really good use out of that wedding dress. Yeah, because <laughs> it's in the wedding dress of the whole movie, but it's surprisingly utilitarian. <laughs> you never know. And just the idea, I, lo- I like a movie where they've thought through the fact that like swap off the ho- the high heels for a pair of Converse. You're going to need to run. Like they do that early. It's the same in Us where mm-hmm. um, Lupita Nyong'o just says, "Put your shoes on." It's like this is a movie that's thought about stuff. <laughs> that's like put. It, it's actually thought about these things instead of just like and then horror happens. So I like that. We are talking today about Ready or Not. If you have any thoughts, you can send it to us on WhatsApp, 018-789-8899. And on social media, we're at Skip Intro NY. More after this, BFM 89.9. Bodacious, fabulous minds. BFM 89.9, the business station. Hello, it's Skip Intro with Kelvin Yee, Im McNally, Amar Rashad, and Julian Yap. We have been talking about Ready or Not, starring Samara Weaving. Now, this movie basically just takes place uh, in one location, specifically around the uh, compound of the mansion, more or less the, the surrounding areas. Mm. Um, I, I guess this reminds me of other movies um, it, when when it comes to both horror and also just the use of uh, locations. Uh, we mentioned Get Out earlier, and that was the first thing that popped into my mind. I think Get Out came to mind just because of the idea of the house, yeah. right? Just from the synopsis of the house and getting having to, I guess, survive. Rich white people also. Rich white yeah. people, that's basically it, yeah. There's a line someone says that, well, rich people really are different. Yeah, yeah. You know, they play off that trope quite mm. well. And I guess in the way that Get Out, from your review, just like the way that Get Out plays with race and class, this one is going to play with class and wealth. Yeah. Yes? Cool. Okay, mm. great. And I, I don't think it's as deep as Get Out, but it's still... It's good to see the horror movies out there at least attending, you know, the first year of college now as opposed to just coming straight out of high school and be like, yeah. Sweet. Okay, cool. Yeah. And it's interesting that, the, um, I don't know, uh, I don't know if this is a growing trend, but they are sort of using the horror or slasher or reverse slasher genre uh, to subvert it and add more subtext to it, which I think is a good development. You mm. know, add, add some more layers to a very basic trope of like slasher films. I think that's... That has to be the meat in any movie sandwich. You gotta have it's gotta be about something else. If it's literally just about, you know, an attack on the Death Star, it doesn't really go anywhere. Yeah. You know, it has to be thematic and everything mm-hmm. else. Um 
I just was, my mind was blown when I was thinking about movies that were set in a single location because Aunt Helene in the movie, we kind of didn't mention her earlier. She's this short haired, white, shock haired lady who carries around an axe. And just like, even when, even when the wedding is happening and before the murder starts, she just looks like she wants to murder everybody. <laughs> what blew my mind was she's played by Nikki Guardini, who also starred in a movie in 1997 called Cube. 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 I've heard of Cube with the completely blue poster with like a cube squares on it. Yeah. yeah not only is it set in a single location it's also a genius piece of filmmaking in that people wake up in a cube she's one of the characters and there's like six entrances to the, the, the room they're in but I think there are clues it's basically like pre-proto-saw there are clues to each hole that like one might have a buzz saw that will cut you in half one is safe you got to figure them out it's all math so not only like you only see the people in the cube and it's a, a, a smorgasbord of uh, people from society across society What's also genius is they only built three walls for this cube. Oh, cool. Because okay. when you're shooting, you can only fit three walls in the frame. So they yeah. just move the camera to the left or right and or rotated the stage and it's the floor and two walls. You turn it the other way, it's the wall, two walls and a roof. Oh, that's genius. Yeah. I love it. And I was amazed that this woman was in both these movies <laughs> and she's so memorable in this. I have to go back and rewatch Cube to remember what she did in that. But just seeing her storm around the hallways with this axe and she is so into this tradition she's like we have to kill her now <laughs> she's one of the best things in the movie but the, the one location thing sort of limit the character growth you said uh grace doesn't have a name you know her life is essentially self-contained within that mansion and you know her motivations her it's just to survive for the night does that sort of and is that something you missed in the movie i guess that you know, she really isn't much else besides uh the bride in that movie not really, I think. Uh, uh, yeah, not really, because I think the characters were interesting. They have a variety of personalities within that same space in yeah. the house. And you sort of see how each one sort of changes or grows through the experiences in the film. And that sort of um, means that it's okay that, that it's set in basically one location because mm. you just follow the characters. In a lesser movie, the family would have been faceless or less characters. So they get to carry a lot of the weight as you see them bickering. Mm. And like they have, it's the modern, they answering other questions that aren't asked by the audience until you think about it afterwards. The house has got a security system. They are rich, so they do have cameras, but obviously they want to maintain traditions, so they turn those off. Of course. <laughs> Which is... Uh, How could you have a killing party without Yeah, It's cameras? cheating to play it's her cheating. It is, That's literally yeah. what they say. Mm-hmm. Um, you get to get a lot of character from them. You don't need that much from Grace, and this is why I keep coming back to the Evil Dead and the Evil Dead 2, because they're both set in a cabin in the woods. All you know about... Ash, I think it's in the third movie you find out he works at S-Mart. That's it. Like, he, you know nothing really about this guy apart from he's gone away for a dirty weekend with his friends. Mm. It's all down to his reactions to what's going on with him. And I think uh, Samara Weaving does the same. It's every expletive that comes out of her mouth when she's dealing with the awful butler, Stevens, who's always singing Tchaikovsky. You know, the he's just a great little character as well. And just the desperation on her face she curses out everybody in this movie. I don't think the censors the censors went for the we're going to mute as opposed to cut. So there are there's like one section in particular. Yeah. I think there's like thirty seconds to forty five seconds where so he's like you you yeah. and it just goes. Man, I kind of watch it just for that. And that's where her character comes through. It's that resilience under pressure is where it's her 
to Grace Under Pressure. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> we did it. We can well end done, the show well now. <laughs> Cancel everything. <laughs> so I want to go back really quickly to what you said about Cube, right? So the three wall thing is super interesting to me. I've never seen Cube, but I just know of it. The idea of this three wall thing, which is very... It's a set, right? It's yep. a play. Uh, I've seen... It's, it's very whodunit. It's very Agatha Christie on stage. And it's. I think it allows you to play with the set a lot. How are you going to make this wall not a wall? And how do you make this door not a door? This is not having seen Cube and yep. not having seen Ready or Not. But I just... It feels like it allows you to play with the space a lot more. And I like that it's been translated onto screen, yep. right? And if Ready or Not has that whodunit cat and mouse vibe that yeah there are uh, there are secret panels in the walls that can run between incredible i love Mm. that it's so i love Mm scooby-doo so if this is just the (laughs) scooby-doo but more killy more slashery i'd love that yeah i love clue because this really sounds like clue Mm. yeah it gives gives that vibe of people dashing frantically like uh, the thing in clue with the professor plum and all the i can never remember it's been so long since i a watched clue and b played cluedo Mm mm-hmm uh, the characters rushing from room to room as the yeah. butler explaining the different theories. Yeah. You get a bit of that in this where the family are like, she's over here. And they're like all trumping <laughs> along with their weapons and running back. I love Clue just because if it does have problems. I don't think it aged very well. But I think it's a great example of picking up a whodunit off a stage and putting it on screen and making the extra space I guess putting it on screen you have the you have the ability to expand the small space that you have as opposed to just a three wall set yeah. and I think that Clue is a great example of that it's also you know I guess Haunted Mansion I love Haunted Mansion <laughs> Haunted, I know it's not technically one location but I'm thinking of a lot of creepy old Victorian houses basically yeah. mm. and the idea of just making it feel like a game mm. and mm. Haunt, I don't know these creepy houses just make it feel like you can see uh, I can't remember the Aunt Helen. Did you see mm-hmm. Aunt Helene? Who just with an with an axe? Just the idea of these characters sort of walking around and they're just playing a video game, basically, or a <laughs> computer game, and yeah. it makes it feel a bit choose your own adventure. And I quite like that, like going into a movie. Yeah, because they are wondering how they're going to use different parts of the house. There is a dumb waiter. Watch out for the dumb waiter. <laughs> uh, there are secret passages. There's stables. You know, you can. It's literally very much like Clue, only like reverse Clue, I guess. And like, what deaths can we engineer in each section? <laughs> Yeah, and it reminds me also about uh, Cabin in the Woods because it's all, it also involves like uh, playing games and subverting the slasher genre and people sort of engineering like what kind of deaths can you choose. And that is one of the reasons why I like that movie because so when I went, went in, um, I, I didn't know what to expect and they just flipped the whole slasher genre upside down. Um, at the same time, being very meta about it, like, oh, you got to kill the... I don't know if I can use the word here, the the fun woman first because that's the that's the um that's a trope that's a trope there's in, a, there's a, there's an, and i like the way there's a reason for them following the tropes in yeah. that movie and it's not just we're having fun playing with it it's one of my biggest bugbears when i watch a movie is like didn't you see such and such that came out the year before or the year before? Mm-hmm. It's like when I think I talked about Hot Fuzz when we talked about buddy comedies and Cabin in the Woods is like, I have done, the makers of that is basically, we've done a thesis on horror movies and this is the result. <laughs> like they have looked at everything and they've taken what they think works and what they don't think works and then added a layer of cream on top that is like, this is our movie. Yeah. And if I see something that's just like, hey, this is like that other thing, but worse, I'm like, why did you even bother? And they just really dive into it like it goes bonkers I, I assume everyone's seen it already it goes bonkers towards the end like 
all really the, all the monsters really bonkers and like giant hand just crushes everything <laughs> it's so fun <laughs> it's I, a really fun movie and i guess having that single location going back to that very quick just the idea of that heightened sense of heightened sense of fear or heightened sense of anything like if we think of i guess panic room mm. right you're able to put yourself in that that those four walls or within the confines of that situation and i like what it can bring i don't think it's always going to be panic i don't think it's always terror yeah. right um i was trying to think of movies that done this and it's um one of them that came to mind was life of pi oh, because hmm. it's set on a boat yeah. in the middle of the endless ocean and just the idea of how they play with i guess the in the smallness the finiteness of someone of your mortality but then also the vastness of the world that you're in it was it was great i think it's not easy to do yeah yeah i think necessity is the mother of the invention and when it comes to these kind of movies if you're setting it in a single location there's nowhere to hide the bad writing yeah That's exactly <laughs> so you have to bring your a game to every single facet otherwise people will just forget your movie and i think ready or not almost there to join the pantheon of those movies we talked about nice we have been talking about Ready or Not. It is out in cinemas tomorrow. Let us know what you think once you've watched it. You can drop us a note at movies at bfm.my and you can find us on social media. We're at skipintromy. This is the Evening Edition, BFM 89.9.